Hi, friends. Thanks for joining us. Do us a favor. Smash that subscribe button. We can't thank you all enough. We've seen continued growth into the new year. Uh, Benny, where can they find us on social media? Yeah, you could find us, Ray Benny Sports. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Also check us out on Discord and Reddit. Uh, and check out our friends over at shotgunsportsnetwork.ca as well, as we've also joined their website. Um, and leave us a rating on your favorite podcast provider. Yeah, they like to talk about the Elks over there. Yeah, some good CFL content as well over there. So yeah, good. Check them out. Check yeah. us out on their site. We'll talk about the Elks in a second. We'll talk about the Jets in a second on a crazy, what, seven wins in a row right now? Yeah. Shoot. We'll talk about them in a second, but let's start off with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. New coordinators in the house. Some crazy shuffling going on in the sidelines and in the press box. Uh, Let's talk about the big one. Well, they're both big, but let's talk about the defensive coordinator first. Richie Hall, uh, who's had a successful run, but has come into question uh recently especially in the past two great cups during the regular season it's been okay because the bombers have been putting up a winning record but the past two great cups his play calling or his scheming has been coming into question and now jordan younger has been given the role but richie hall is staying with the team uh, <laughs> what are your thoughts on that very interesting um you know it's not something we really expected at all the happening this year right yeah. uh usually if something's going to happen it's going to happen right after the season so at that point you're thinking okay richie hall's safe uh buck pierce turned down the saskatchewan job so we're thinking okay let's bring back both our coordinators but yeah mm-hmm. this came out of left field uh for the bombers to end up hiring jordan younger um and keep richie hall on the staff uh which is good which to me is great i mean if you can keep a guy like yeah. that on the staff he's been in the cfl for 40 years um, and listening to O'Shea, he sounds like a guy that anyone can go and bounce some ideas off. Buck Pierce, Jordan Younger is going to use him uh, as well as a resource. So not a bad thing, but just an interesting situation uh, on what happened there for the Bombers. Yeah, it seems to be a very good succession plan. Uh, I don't think there were any outside factors involved. Like, I think Corey Mace's staff was pretty solid i think he was going in as defensive coordinator so i don't think there are any conversations there and oh we need to keep jordan younger so they talked to rich i don't know exactly what the back room talks were in regards to that but i i think the bombers do need uh a, a fresh look on the defense although it'll probably look very similar um you know my big issue of course uh as we look back on those past gray cup losses was how far the coverage was off the receivers but then we look at jordan younger and his best year years as a cfl all-star came with toronto under uh stubler who also played coverage five to seven yards off the receivers but he also blitzed a lot which is something we talked a lot about during the season why aren't the bombers blitzing especially with the linebackers and uh rich stubler had a very creative defense and hopefully hopefully some of that rubs off on jordan Yeager because i do think they need to be more aggressive especially in those they can't play prevent because like john madden says it prevents you (laughs) from winning yeah yeah, and and when they were bringing the blitz this year, it didn't seem like they were getting to the QB really with those linebackers either. There was obviously a, a few times, but there was a lot of times where it just wasn't getting through, and it, it just I don't know if the whole plan to get there wasn't good or what. But yeah, we yeah. do need to get more pressure on that QB. 
Um, yeah, the only thing I saw with Jordan Younger possibly going somewhere is if Buck Pierce maybe ended up getting a job in Saskatchewan. There was a thought that Jordan Younger would be his DC in Saskatchewan. But like you say, he was under Stubler. Uh, he's won a great cup. He's now been with the Bombers for since, what, 2018 uh, with the Argos before that. So he's got the experience. He's not coming in fresh. And he's learned from two good guys in Stubler yeah. and now Richie Hall. So if you can combine some of those defenses and bring them together, uh, yeah, I expect this bomber defense not to really drop off because if you got Richie Hall still there, um, I can see it hopefully improving um, and Jordan Younger doing a good job. He's a young guy, fresh in the league. Again, you're getting a good opportunity here, just like O'Shea did with the Bombers and even Buck Pierce once he took over for Lapple. So yeah. um, hopefully it means Younger is going to be here for a few years. But obviously if he's good, you know, he's going to be a head coach material at some point. I think that uh, hopefully with Jordan Younger, they will create more turnovers because they were not very good in creating interceptions they had the league's leader or one of the league's leaders with houston in yeah. interceptions at the end of the year he had seven mm -hmm. but the team was last in the league in interceptions as a whole with 13 yeah you know and while the bombers were third in the league in sacks there's a whole bunch of pressure there that's not being created because you're not bringing extra guys. They don't know where they, they you know, they know where the pressure is coming from. So in certain situations, you're not getting extra pressure on the quarterback. So hopefully they'll bring some blitzes like Rich Stubler did, especially when Brian Cole, I got to think about the, getting that guy's jersey. I've been talking <laughs> about getting a jersey a long time. I'm such a liar, but they got to, you know, bring some pressure from somewhere. And I think Brian Cole is a great athlete to start bringing that pressure from the linebacking core. Yeah, it'll be fun. I'm excited. I, I like. I hope Richie Hall sticks and stays. Actually, you know, but if there's another opportunity that comes up somewhere, he may end up taking it. I know there's no openings right now in the CFL, but maybe he just got to a point to an age where he wanted to cut back a little bit and and you know do a little bit less work because it sounds like uh, O'Shea said it made it clear his role won't change all that much. Mm -hmm. So maybe he was already taking less and less responsibilities already last year. Uh, and that's just going to carry over. Now they just switch the titles around between Younger and Hall. But because I mean, otherwise, how does his role not get less if he's not the DC anymore to me? Right. So, but yeah. glad to still have him. Hopefully he sticks around at least this season, maybe more. I think that's some O'Shea diplomatic talk. Could be. And yeah. In regards to Richie Hall, but he is going to keep the respect that he has in the room. Oh, for sure. And yeah. his ability and his input. But I think definitely the role has to change. Yeah. Uh, like, I, I, even I'd be interested to see is Jordan Younger going to stay on the sideline or is he going to go in the booth like Richie Hall? You know, different coordinators, they like to see things differently, they like to be close to the players, or you like to see things from the sky. Who knows? But I think it's very exciting for the defense. And like you said, uh, he's younger, he's not that much younger, same age as us, and we're not that young, but he can he's relate younger to than the Richie players, Hall. maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But he can relate to the players, maybe closer, a yeah. little Richie Hall, and maybe be a little more honest, maybe have a little different communications with them. So who knows? But I'm very excited to have Jordan Younger stay and be the defensive coordinator. Yeah, I'm excited to see what happens. How about Mike Miller taking over for Boudreaux? Uh, good move. Well, they almost had to. You know, the, the return game was not good. The coverage was pretty bad. The punt return was sixth in the league. And then you go at... Opposition punt return coverage, opposition kickoff, opposition kickoff for coverage. They were eighth out of ninth in all of those. So they had yeah. to make a change. Yeah, I totally agree with uh, moving on and finding a new special teams coach. Uh, I am surprised. I mean, Mike Miller, obviously a very good player, very good special teams player. Um, 
you know, he's played in the league 12 years. He's younger. He's only in his thirties, mid thirties or whatever it was. Right. So yeah. uh, I was kind of surprised that he would ta- be that guy that they're tapping uh, to take on the special teams uh, right out of playing the game. Like he just did not play last year due to injury. Right. So he played the year before. So hopefully it goes well. I mean, obviously he's brand new to coaching, hasn't done anything. It sounds like he's a great guy on the field to his teammates and all that stuff. The one good thing is he does have O'Shea there um, who can help him out uh, and learn the role as he goes. Um, But hopefully this move ends up working out for sure. Or hopefully, I mean. Well, yeah, like I'd like to look back and see what O'Shea's path was to coaching. Because he came into special teams pretty quickly after he retired. Like, it wasn't many years after. Like, he was still fresh as a player, fresh in everyone's mind as a player. I don't know if it's, like, the year after he retired. But, you know, and he I, he was having, a I think, one year where he was getting pretty broken down, where he missed nine games because uh, of an elbow injury late in, the, in his career. So who knows? Maybe it's the same path, and they connect that way. But I can see Mike Miller being great in the room any which way. He's a captain. He's a leader. He knows the scheme. He knows how to do the scheme well. So I'm all for it. Um, uh, yeah, O'Shea, sorry to interrupt there quickly. O'Shea did say it was kind of the same with him, uh, with Jim Barker. Uh, Jim Barker kind of tapped him and said, hey, uh, it's time. You're you're ready kind of thing. I was just trying to look that up uh, quickly right now because I just had it open here. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I can't find it quickly off the top so here. So, I think but it was the same kind of comparable. Thing. They're Canadian guys, passionate for the game. I think he'll be a great and again, we talk about younger guys who may be able to communicate, not that O'Shea's getting old or that, uh, what's his name? Boudreaux was an old person, but he's right out of the action. Yeah. He knows where it's at. He was on the sideline. He was in the stadium for every game day. So I, I'm all for that too. Yeah, trust in O'Shea, trust in these. I, I'm sure some of these moves are, again, uh, initiated by the coaching salary cap or the front office salary cap. Yeah, uh, Mike Miller obviously is going to come in and probably cheaper than Boudreaux would. Younger maybe than Richie Hall too. Um, but yeah, good moves. Gets the coaching staff a little bit younger. Um, yeah. Um, again, with Mike Miller and Jordan Younger, it's a, a, you get the excitement for that CFL season coming up because so far the CFL has done a good job this offseason with keeping into the news uh, and keeping things Absolutely. fresh. So it's, it's good to continue talking about the CFL and looking forward to it now. The CFL or online people? Yeah, both really. Yeah, I mean, yeah, not, not necessarily the CFL, the league. I mean, the teams are doing a great job keeping things going. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Just saying, just saying. Definitely not TSN. <laughs> uh, Kyle Walters, let's keep going with the Bomber Talk. Most recent comments, you know, what's to be read into that? Is there any concerns, like about Drew Brown? Uh, quote, Kyle Walters, I believe Drew and his agent want to go to an organization where it's less about who is going to pay him the most money and more about where he can go and have the best opportunity to compete with the incumbent quarterback or the other guys under contract to play. Uh, What does that tell you about this situation with Drew Brown going going into free agency? Basically, he's gone at this point, right? He's going to go somewhere where he can play or have a chance to play. He knows full well. Uh, the Bombers, he's not going to beat out Zach Claros with a job, right? Uh, mm-hmm. So he's not starting here unless Claros ends up getting hurt. So he'll go somewhere else where he can maybe compete. I don't know where that's going to be besides Ottawa. It sounds like Hamilton's all in on Bo Levi again here. So maybe he's got an opportunity there if Bo Levi ends up being terrible. But really, his only other option is is Ottawa. Maybe it has Calgary. To be Ottawa. 
Calgary with Jake Mayer? Uh, I like you mentioned a couple episodes ago, they switched coordinators and it started to solidify a bit, but they're just already in panic mode, trying to claw, trying to get into the, you know, they couldn't really get into their own identity. So I, I think they have to go with Meyer. I don't think that's the best situation. And we'll, again, we'll talk about Edmonton. There's not a good situation there to go into for Drew Brown. So yeah, Toronto, Toronto's stuck. Um, uh, Montreal's good. Right. So you only got really three teams, Hamilton, uh, Ottawa and Calgary. Really? Yeah. Right. And Ottawa just got what's his name as the OC from Hamilton. Yeah. Uh, Condell. <laughs> so he may end up bringing in Schultz as well, who's who's a free agent. Like there's a few options for the Bombers if uh, Drew Brown does go right that are out there. Uh, Schultz is out there. Jake Dogala, if you really want to. Mason Fine, Nick Narbuckle. No, thanks. Uh, Kyle Loxley, Dominic Davis. Those are and then, of course, you still got to go to Prukop, uh, who the Bombers could end up bringing back. Yeah. So but Drew Brown going to Ottawa feels like a disaster. Yeah. With Condell. Like, I don't think he'd be good for a fresh quarterback coming in. Uh, and we'll, we'll see. And Ottawa then, has a full offseason. Things can flip. They got Burke as their GM. And, you know, I've mentioned, I've talked about him already, so I won't go off. Yeah, that, that Ottawa team feels like it's on the brink of possibly getting fired, right? Like yeah. if it doesn't start off well, it's it's gonna be a clean house process again, uh, which is not the greatest situation to go into either. So <sighs> my uh, gut tells me even if the Winnipeg football club could afford to match a contract, they would think long and hard about the opportunity of where to go. Yeah. Yeah, it I don't blame the guy like he's out the door. No, not at all. So I mean you if you're you stick here, you're probably looking at Claros playing barring injury or anything else, two years, right? Yeah, he's definitely sticking around for that 2025 year where the the or where Winnipeg is hosting the Great Cup. So maybe. Yeah. So yeah, maybe he goes beyond that. But it's definitely at least two years. So Drew Brown would have to be waiting at least another two years to to be the starter here in Winnipeg. I'm thinking maybe if he wins the Great Cup next year, maybe he says good night. That would Three be time Great Cup. I know. But with the with the Great Cup being in Winnipeg the year after. That'd be tough. Yeah. <laughs> So interesting. Um, about the O-line, it'll be a challenge to bring back all seven of our offensive linemen who dressed for games last year. Uh, yeah, that's not looking good either, uh, especially with Hardrick and Stanley kind of being in holding until they figure out what's going on with Sean and Oliveira. Yeah, he, he mentioned it doesn't sound like anyone's retiring or no one has said they're retiring yet. So everyone's coming back. So like we kind of talked about last episode with the O-line, do you move on from maybe Hardwick and let Jeff Gray go to tackle? Um, to me, Stanley Bryant's probably back no matter what, right? He, he He's probably not going anywhere yeah. at this point in his career. So he's the guy back there for sure. You still yeah. got, so you got Newfeld back. Uh, you got Dobson and Tui uh, that are still there, but then you got Kolonkowski, Jeff Gray, and uh, Hardrick to make decisions on it. Yeah, it's going to be tough to bring all those guys back because they all played well in that. Well, wine was very good together. They're all going to want to get paid. You're going to have yeah. to make some touch, tough choices. Um, and like he said so far, they're kind of in a holding pattern right now, trying to figure out with Dalton Schoen and Brady Oliveira, who are still waiting for NFL tryouts and stuff. Um, are Tui and Dobson, aren't they free agents as well? No, I don't think so. I thought all seven were. Or maybe Tui was? I don't know. I, I thought Dobson Dang. was. Let's look that up real quick. They got a lot of work to do for sure. Yeah. The, for sure, the starting five. Maybe they have the extra two. 
Uh, I do not envy Kyle Walters at this point. There's going to be some tough decisions to be made. Well, uh, yeah, because like the sorry, tape. sorry, because you do. You, I mean, you're sitting there waiting, right? You're waiting on Sean and Oliveira. Yes, and yes. then if they do come back. What are they going to command or what are they going to want? And are you going to sign them both? And then what's left over for everybody else? So it's yes. a very tough position to, for him to be in right now. I do like the tidbit at the end of uh, the Wyman article about Tyrell Ford possibly being available. Um, he is in that position of wondering if he will get another call from the NFL and if he should sign. And he's Winnipeg property and yeah. a Canadian DB, starting Canadian DB would be pretty sweet to have right now especially with the situation they have at defensive back i mean they're pretty thin there right now right evan holm and dietrich nichols basically right? it'll cost some money though to solve so, tyrell ford it will yeah but hopefully you can get him uh dobson and Tui are both uh signed right now for the bombers so well that's good yeah so that canadian depth is good yeah just gotta Hopefully these guys, uh, Dalton Schoen and Brady Overler, can figure it out soon. They haven't gotten a trial yet, right? We just saw Austin Mack uh, get signed by the Falcons there from the Alouettes. Um, yeah. And then Schoen and Olivera have not gotten any trials yet at all in the NFL. So you you would have to think, hey, they're not going to get that opportunity this year at all uh, if it hasn't happened yet because there's been a lot of other CFL guys, Emulus, all these guys that have had tryouts or whatever so far. So might not be looking good for Oliveira anyways in his path to the NFL. I should have wrote down yeah uh, yeah. I should have wrote down what he said exactly, but there was a little bit of I don't know you can't say it's posturing or whatever through the media, but he did say in some way Kyle Walters that there has to be a pivot at a certain point if a number isn't reached before free agency where they have to look at other options and the way that they disperse the money. Yeah. So, and of course, we saw that crazy, not crazy, we saw that funny tweet from Brady Oliveira, we retweeting the CFL tweet, whatever it is, X, where will I end, where will he end, is any which way, eyes open in Bomber Nation. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Should we move free, on to the Jets? Free agency in a month, man, so <laughs> we'll get answers soon. It's going to be so much fun, eh? Yeah. Fun. <laughs> Let's move on to some Winnipeg Jets talk brought to you by Fahrenheit Airbrushing. Stand out on the ice, pavement, or the field, or wherever with a custom airbrushed helmet or goalie mask. A local Manitoba business with affordable solutions for any project. Check out Fahrenheit Airbrushing on Facebook or call them at 204-891-7431. Tell them Ray and Benny sent you. You know, it says a local Manitoba business. Do you think like they'll do like, we'll ship it out to other places like internationally? Like if someone wants a crazy bike helmet, do you think they'll send it to Europe? Yeah, I guess if someone's willing to pay those shipping costs, I'm sure they would, right? Why not? Shoot. You got someone out out there who wants something? Inquire. (laughs) Inquire. There's got to be some man caves that need some work out there for sure. Yeah. Personalized pool table. I like that. I have Steelers pool table. They're yeah. in the playoffs, by the Besides way. the Steelers part. Why? They're six-time <laughs> champions. Do they you are. have six rings? I have five. Oh, well, I don't we're have talking any. about the Winnipeg Jets. I'm sorry. <laughs> wow. Gotten. <laughs> Let's track. talk about the week that was. The Sharks, the Ducks, the Yotes, the Jackets. Who stood out? 
what did the Jets do well? Any concerns? Stars of the week for you? Yeah, 4 0 week uh, for the Winnipeg Jets. Hardest matchup was probably against the San Jose Sharks of all teams. Uh, that was of the closest course. game of them all. 2 uh, 1. I think I, I texted you going, thank God San Jose can't make the playoffs because uh, they'd probably give the Jets a run for their money in a seven game series. Yeah. Um, yeah, Mackenzie Blackwood was good in that game, really kept San Jose close in that game as, a, as the Jets were the better team. San Jose really didn't uh, threaten much. I know it was only one goal game, but they're quali- they they had 28 shots, but none of them were great. I mean, they were all from distance. There was, wasn't much from in front of the net. So another great defensive game by the Jets. Um, yeah, and Morgan Barron scored his eighth of the game, uh, eighth of the season. So that's pretty good. He's hitting almost double digits, and Velarde scored on the power play in this game to get the winner. I love that guy, and I love him and Jonsson Fialpi together. Oh yeah, what is the Jets going to do? Kapari's back. He's going to conditioning stint with the Moose. Ooh, good and problems. then Connor. Connor eventually is going to be back too, right? He will come back one day. Yes, he should be. Hopefully, one day soon. Maybe he's uh, like, ah, oh, they don't need me. I'll just sit back for a bit longer. Uh, yeah, just get it, get it healed. <laughs> yeah, get exactly. it healed for a long exactly. run. Let's get the long run going because yeah. the style that they play is really intense. Oh yeah, and you know, I'm not saying that hey, everyone should get injured so they can take a break. But right now, where you can, you know, and it's good that they can have spread it out in four lines. Because who knows? Down the line, if you're in playoffs in a good position, maybe you can, you know, adjust those minutes where some players are getting a little more rest going. And that's thinking too much ahead. Any yeah. specific thoughts for you again from the Ducks, Yotes, or Jackets? Uh, again, solid efforts. I mean, the power play got a couple goals here and there. The penalty did not let a goal uh, in all these four games. Uh, so that's good to see. I know they weren't playing high-powered offenses or anything here, but good to good to get that because they've been given a lot on the penalty kill as well. But yeah, power play got it going. Three goals um, out of nine, I believe. So not great, but better than what it has Improvement. been. Yeah, Nick Ehlers, very solid four games as well for him. Uh, he seems to be stepping up a little bit with Kyle Connor out. Cole Perfetti, four goals over these four games, two just last night against Columbus. So he's looked good this past week as well. Uh, defensively, the Jets look solid. Uh, they didn't allow a lot of quality chances. I think in the Ducks game, they they let, allowed a few more, and Laurent Bossois stepped up again in that one. Um, and then the against team the Oats, defense yeah. is just standing out under bonus. They have just bought into this structure that gives up little opportunities, can forecheck with the best of them, and are incredibly good at taking advantage of l- turnover opportunities and creating turnover opportunities and turning them into scoring opportunities on five on five play. Again, like yeah. you see, special teams is an issue. You know, we feel like a broken record over the past since the beginning of the year. Mid-20 rank power play, mid-20 rank penalty kill. Uh, Until they fix it or until they can find the rhythm, we're going to say that over and over again. But imagine if that clicks and they continue this 5 and 5 play. Give me a break. Yeah, yeah, it should be good. And and they dominated the games against the Oats and the Jackets. Both those games were were close at one point, but never really felt close. Like They they just felt like once the Jets kind of got going, uh, they would take over those games, and they did, you know, beating the Oats 6-2 and then shutting out the Jackets last night, 5 nothing, another shutout for Helly. Even that game is one nothing. The Jets did kind of look sluggish, kind of probably coming off that road trip. Uh, you're playing a team that's at the bottom of the standings. Probably took some time for them to get going, but once they did, the goal by Morrissey, that shot was, wow, <laughs> top, top corner. Uh, it was just great effort all around to, to see. I know, I know they weren't great teams that they played over these last four games, but 
The Jets dominated them. We asked a question last week. Can the Jets finally beat these uh, bottom feeder teams? And they show they can, and they show they can play very dominating hockey against these guys. Hopefully that trend continues. Uh, the Blue Jackets game was actually my first game back in that building since we did not renew our season tickets. And, you know, beyond the ice show, it's just a different arena from when we were there. Oh, yeah. And this is beyond just 15,000 people being in the rink. There's just a difference. There's a missing energy, like a ruthlessness, a venom from the crowd. Nobody got on the goalie at all. Yeah. I wasn't going to be the first one to be like, eh, eh. <laughs> but you know, there's not that vibe anymore. You don't no. see the same faces on the screen. It's just very different. And I know they got to bring more people in the building. I get that. But this is a first place team. And as a fan before, we used to go into the arena knowing that we could change the pace of the game. At least we got that feeling. Players were yeah. like, shut up. You don't know what you're doing, fan. But it felt like going into that, we were factors in the game. And you never hear that anymore, either on fan threads or in the media, about the Jets fans being a factor game. So I, I miss that from my first game being back. Yeah, I guess, um, yeah, the chance that we used to have there, you know, in the first uh, five to ten seasons, or first ten seasons, really, uh, were crazy, right? Before COVID, before all this stuff, uh that i mean even well in the last couple of years even of our season tickets you could tell the chanting and the crowd wasn't as into it as they, we were previously right it was more like hey yeah. let's go watch this game kind of sit on our hands we'll cheer when we need to here and there but it wasn't constant noise it wasn't you know booing the the best player on the other team it wasn't you know there's no more chanting you know you know chanting at Sidney crosby mario's pool boy all that kind of stuff anymore right just doesn't happen anymore in that in that nope. arena but I get it. The atmosphere is just not the same anymore. Yeah, something's got to be done because they are winning. Yes. Dominantly. Yeah. Let's hey, look at we'll, the week we'll ahead. we again this week, right? For sure. I can't wait. <laughs> Hawks night. Thursday, Flyers Saturday. We'll be there. Islanders Tuesday, all home games. Thoughts on these games? What do they need to do to win? Who are you looking to step up? Hold uh, on. Last week one second. The... One second. Let's go back one second. Who was your star of the week last week? Cole Perfetti, four goals, four games. He went mental. And not just Cole Perfetti, but it was crazy seeing Nemesnikov move around the ice with the puck and open up the ice for Cole Perfetti. Yeah. So Cole Perfetti with a little bit of a star for Nemesnikov. Yeah, I'll, I'll give it up as well for Ehlers, uh, who had a solid week, couple goals, couple assists, uh, was always flying out there, uh, seemed to be in the right spot to get the opportunities as well. Um, so good to see him get it going, especially how we were a little bit harder on him earlier in the season when he was not producing uh, anywhere close to what we were hoping. Um, yeah. And I'll give an honorable mention then, too, to, to Schmidt. Uh, Nate Schmidt, you know what? He had a bad start to the season. Uh, he was benched. He was healthy, scratched. But the dude has come back and played some solid hockey, scoring his first goal of the season there uh, with his dad in the crowd, too. So that was great. Uh, so he's been solid uh, over the last uh month and a bit you know like most of the jets have so good to see him get it going yeah that whole dad trip was a success yeah. connor hellick's dad is awesome he's become a star man <laughs> he's a new winnipeg dad crazy getting thousands of views and likes let's look at the week ahead uh already talked about the games home uh like I was saying, the Jets, I thought they can go 3-0 last week, but I kind of thought they'd lose on the last, but they didn't. And I think they could do the same again. Uh, Chicago is 
horrible. And now they don't have Bedard for almost two months. Yeah. Uh, so I don't see Chicago being much of a challenge, especially with the Jets humming right now. I'm going to put the whole Jets playing bad teams aside. It's just not a good matchup for Chicago. The Flyers are on a downward spiral. They're three and seven in their last 10 going off this whole cutter Goche garbage. <laughs> I love torts again. I don't know this guy from a hole in the wall. He said, are you serious? You don't know this traffic from a hole in the wall, this big hulking guy. Any which way. Fifth overall or whatever. Right? Oh, I love that guy. Don't want him to coach the jets, but still I like him. And the Islanders a bit of a smoke show. And again, this is what we're talking about. Those losing points where you get a point for losing, which I hated from day one. People trying to tell you, Oh, people will try harder because they get that one point. Shut up. They will try harder in a situation, maybe late in the season. But regularly, that point is just wasteful. And we see that with the Islanders. So I think they will beat the Islanders in that one. Yeah, they, uh, well, let's see how this three-point system works out in the Women's Hockey League, because that could be... Uh, yes. We, I mean, we've been calling for it Still. in the NHL and everyone. A lot of people have for, what, 10 years now? Um, you know, there's no reason games should be worth three points and some games two points. So... Hopefully one day they will adapt that and, you know, maybe it'll, that will actually get teams to change the way they play instead of hoping for two points. Now you need three points. You're going to play a lot harder for that victory because you need that three points and you're not going to be good enough with two points. So that's a discussion for another time. But for me, again, Jets should beat the Hawks, Chicago Blackhawks tomorrow. No problem. Uh Again, three and zero, I think on this on this homestand as well. Um, I would not be surprised though if they've dropped one of the games against the Flyers or the Islanders. But the one good thing about those games, they both those teams, Flyers and Islanders, play the night before in Minnesota uh, before coming to Winnipeg the next night. So that should help as well for the Jets. So the Jets yeah. are rolling right now. You know, t- you know, people are calling them a wagon right now. They're just rolling, right? So they, they got a tough. Schedule coming up starting next week uh, when they're making an East Coast uh, road trip. Uh, So as long as they're not looking too far ahead to some of those games that are coming up against Toronto and stuff like that, uh, they should be able to take care of business here. You think that Minnesota and Winnipeg would work more in partnership with each other and not hurt each other. Other than this Hartman goof, y'all should be calling each other and be like, yo, I know we got these teams, these teams coming back to back on our homes. Let's just take care of each other. Let's play good hockey. Let's get the points. Let's play for the win. But at the same time, don't do stupid stuff. Like, <laughs> That's not happening know, now. <laughs> be a neighbor. Be a friggin' neighbor. Too bad they're in the same conference. Any which way. Um, the Islanders, the Mel- too, sorry, are coming off five games in eight days. That'll be their fifth game when they play the Jets. So it might be tough it. for the Jets to, to lose one of these games, even if they don't play their best. You know, they, they could get some tired teams, really. Islanders aren't good. Yeah, they're up and down all over the place. Barlamov's had a decent season, at least, you know, for them. So you never know with that guy. He can end up stealing a game here or there. I was watching some clips of John Tavares, and when he came back, I think there was an Islanders fan. Tavares got a penalty, and he was in the box, and this Islanders fans was just giving it to him about not being honest and just tell us you're leaving so we know. It's like, holy cow, man. <laughs> Take it easy. Did Tavares no. answer him? <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> he looked at him eye to eye for a bit. And then he's like, yeah. okay, well, I got a hockey game to play, dude. <laughs> DeMello and Dylan are free agents after this year. Both have expressed interest in resigning. If you were Chevy, do you resign both? One or neither? Oh, that's tough. Um, 
they're both playing really well this year. Uh, solid years coming from both of them. Dylan's got his sixth goal of the year, which ties his career high. They're both at 3.9, or sorry, Dylan's at 3.9 and DeMello's at 3. Um, Dylan's 33, DeMello's 30. You know what? It all depends. I, it depends what they want, obviously. Uh, depends what you can do with Nate Schmidt. I know he's playing a great season. I don't really want to bash the guy right now, but he's making almost $6 million. So if you can get that contract off the books somehow next year, then, yeah, maybe you have an option to keep these both these guys um, and then still allow one of the younger guys to come in and play. Plus, you still got that depth with one of the other younger guys, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if you can do something with um, Schmidt's contract, then, yeah, I'd love to sign both of these guys. Nothing too long for Dylan because who knows? He's 33. Uh, you know, sometimes those guys end up dropping off, those bigger guys playing that heavier kind of game. So it'll be interesting to see what they can do. I, I haven't heard any contract talks from these guys. I know these guys both came out and said, hey, we'd be open to discussing something. Um, but until we know what contracts kind of look like, um, yeah, kind of a holding pattern there. It is so early yeah, right now to wonder about this. But if you have people who can contribute to the team and want to be in Winnipeg, you sign them to a certain extent, obviously. And at the same time, you think that there's an agreement that if you want to be in Winnipeg, you are taking some kind of discount. You know that you're not going to get max because of where you are and what kind of team this has to be. And I think they value the system and the environment that the Jets are, that they will take those. People who don't want to be here, cough, cough, PLD, then get them out of here because they're obviously not bringing value to the team. But if you guys have, you have guys like DeMillo and uh, um, um, Dylan who are seemingly kind of getting better with age within this system, yeah. yes, sign them. And I think they won't be offended. Hey, we'll give you one or two years, um, which kind of brings a question of what do you do or are you concerned about, hey, Nola uh, or Chisholm or, you, or even Stanley? Yeah, I can see Stanley probably. I don't know if he has any more RFAs ears or if the Jets control him. I can't remember. One more still yeah. after this. So I can see him not wanting to stick around. I can see Hainala kind of probably cause a few problems, but you, you still need to keep, call, um, sorry, keep at least two of those three guys. Uh, yeah. They are your youth. They are your future. Um, Sandberg's the only guy that'll be under 29 starting next year on this defense core if it stays the same. So you do need to start integrating those guys because some of these guys are going to be starting to taper off play-wise. Uh, could Dylan taper off, but you, you know, after next year or whatever, because he's 33. But like you say, this system, that bonus is playing right now, has worked well for these guys, and they're all playing it really well. Uh, yeah. So it's tough to kind of say, hey, no, you got to go because we got to put this young guy in. We don't know what Hanala or Chisholm are going to do full-time in this lineup and if there's going to be a bit of a drop-off, right? So, yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting situation. Like you say, good good situation to have. Um, and it's good to have guys that once they're here, they realize, hey, there's more to Winnipeg and there's more to this organization than, hey, it's cold outside or there's mosquitoes out there. You know, so they, they love the organization. The organization actually takes care of these guys really well and treats them really well. You know, sometimes that loyalty by the organization takes over and keeps guys around for too long. Uh, but it's still a great organization. And these guys see it once they get here that they still want to play for them. Not everyone gets it once they're here. No, not everyone. Cough, cough, PLD again. PLD, Truba, Evander Kane. I mean, there's there's obviously Jack Roslovic who 
looked terrible last night anyways. I don't know what happened to him, Patrick Line, all that kind of stuff. So yeah. Was Patrick Line Patrick Line was in the lineup? No, he's hurt. There we go. Like GLD though. And right? I understand sometimes, like obviously, like Chuba and you have a family slash wife who wants to work in a bigger market with her profession and you have the ability to do so, then you do so. But that's the thing. When you have people who appreciate being here and want to be here and add again value to the team, you hold on to them. Yep. Hopefully not too past past their expiry date. That's the thing, right? We'll see. Uh, so, yeah, where does that put young talent like that? Like you said, Stanley, he does have that one RFA year. I think the Jets are in good position with Stanley, to be honest with you. I think there's one or two teams out there that will overbid for Stanley and give the Jets a good draft pick for him. So, yeah, go ahead, do that. I think there's an understanding with Hanola that he has to just get better. Like it took him a full offseason and more and a, and a season in the minors to get to Jets ready where we're like, okay, he's ready to go. And unfortunately he got hurt. So I think he has to rehab and get that. So I don't know if he'll even be in a position to be a consistent D line or D line and get into football <laughs> D man until either someone gets hurt. You know what I mean? Or later on in the season where there's opportunity for him to get some minutes in uh, Chisholm kind of the same. Yeah. I think for Hanola this year is probably ends up being a wash anyways. Right. Unfortunately, uh, he, he's starting to skate, but he still hasn't. You know, I think he's still wearing the non-contact jersey for the most part. So, yeah. So yeah, who I, knows? Be... Like, if they show that he's fit or good to go, maybe someone will take a risk. Maybe a team that's selling might take a risk on a top four right shot dealman that they want to just give away, and the Jets can nail him on that. So who knows? Lots of time and situation. Hey man, playoffs come, injuries happen. You got to keep that depth. Uh, at least yeah. you know maybe if you can get rid of one of these guys to open things up a little bit but yeah otherwise you're keeping that depth uh if there's no good offers at least you know for the playoffs for sure oh i'm not getting rid of that lesson then unless there's a top four d yeah. right shot That's i mean it. you also you also have brad lambert right now who is playing really well in the hl i mean oh he's not a defenseman but he's gonna you know start pushing for a spot in that top nine uh, at some point as well uh, maybe yeah. he ends up taking Appleton, who started off really hot this year and is kind of tapered off. He's still playing decently well, but the goals aren't going in the net for him anymore, right? So, yeah, it'll be fun to see what he, what he does. He's only 20 as well. Well, when he was scoring most, most, where was he? Was he on that first line? Appleton? No, that Lowry line. He was with Lowry and Nino. Because he was doing the first line mints and he's playing well, playing pretty well in the first line. And then he dipped and he's been quiet ever since. Yeah, yeah, I mean that that line is still playing well as a unit, but yeah, Appleton goal wise has not uh, it has yeah. not gone in for him as as it did earlier in the year. Nino's kind of been the goal guy in that line lately. Yeah, Lowry. Uh, yeah, that got, got one two, the other day. Two in two games recently. Nino or Lowry? Lowry. Yeah, and then he set up Velarde yesterday too for that power play goal when Shife was out. Oh, we can talk Jets for a while still. <laughs> Winnipeg Jets fans, put your thoughts in the comments section below. Let's move on to a couple quick shots. Thoughts on the Nylander contract? <laughs> Crazy. Like, uh, I sent you this, this tweet. They are forward heavy. Like, they, well, they, Matthews, Nylander, Tavares, Marner, and Riley are making $54.15 million compared to all the Jets forwards, Perfetti aside, Morrissey and Hellebuck making making 59 million. Like Shell Dayoff should be front runner for that Jim Gregory Roar GM of the year. But that contract is crazy. Good luck. You need bad goals or you need bad goalies to be played well. 
or better than they are. Sorry, not bad goalies. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't, I don't think Toronto had an option uh, to sign him for really less than that. He was going to get that, especially after you signed Matthews to what you did and Marner. And right now, Nylander is outplaying them, you know, or, and he's got way more points or not way more. He's got more points than Marner. So, um, plus also, you got Marner and Tavares both on one one year deals or sorry, left one year left after this year. So now you're going to have to sign them. Or where's Marner going to end up? Is he going to end up between Nylander and Matthews? probably under Matthews above Nylander. And then you decide what you're going to give to Tavares. Can you really, you're not giving him obviously 11 million again, but can you get him for less than five or around five? Uh, so there's going to be a lot of holes for Toronto to fill with not a lot of money. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what they do. And like you say, the goaltending situation has not been good. Martin Jones has gotten hot right now to kind of help them. But yeah. is that going to last this whole season? But you know, that's Toronto. And man. this is, five forwards this is not their hold forward and you look at the past four stanley cup winners four forwards right riley's d so five, oh, that's right players but yeah so you look at that and then you look at the teams that have won the stanley cup lately vegas colorado tampa bay all even st louis had four lines that were running consistently yeah. you can't have that in toronto and that'll show late in the season people wonder why they don't get beyond the first or second round if they're lucky, it's because they can't roll four lines. Yeah, it's like Edmonton playing McDavid and Drysaddle so much. At some point, they're going to run out of gas, and especially in the playoffs when you're getting hooked and held constantly. Yeah, it's going to be tough to get through uh, four seven game series if it goes that way. You know, so let's go back to some CFL talk. Thoughts on the Elks signing three last names: McLeod, Bethel, Thompson. What are your thoughts on that? Interesting that this guy came back to the CFL so quick after he's saying he was done and he wanted to be with family or whatever. But um, I don't, I understand it. I get it in terms of the Elks situ- uh, position, I guess, uh, bringing in a quarterback like him. I am disappointed though, because I would love to see Ford still get that opportunity and grow. Um, yes, you know, he was more of a running quarterback last year and his passing's side of it wasn't great but if he grew in that passing side of it man this guy's going to be dynamic uh to play in the cfl so i think this is just possibly i know they're touting it it's going to be a good thing for trade Ford to learn from three last names but i don't know for me i don't think it's going to be necessarily great for him just sitting around not playing um you know and then his contract's up with edmonton after this year so why is he going to even stick around after that so i don't know yeah. I, I, I don't know to right. me, Edmonton, yes, you want to say it's a CFL. You, you're in everyone's in kind of win mode now mode, right? Because you got to continually win in that league and you shouldn't take too long. But I don't know if Edmonton's there now. You're paying this guy 500 G's. Uh, so obviously, he is a starter to me. I would have stuck, I would have liked to see Trey Ford can do. Uh, I think Chris just Chris Jones at this point is probably seeing finding something that can maybe save his job for uh, you know, beyond this year. Ooh. That's an interesting take. I don't know. I think it's a legit move that they had to make. Uh, I am not 100% bought into Trey Ford. I think he's an amazing athlete. Uh, He was top quarterback in like 20-plus throws over his efficient 20-plus yard throws. His efficiency was up there just under Zach Caleros. Uh, His touchdown percentage was just under Vernon Adams. But... He did that on a lot of surprise games based on athleticism when it came down to winning games. Yeah, they won four. Yes, they were better, but they also had a different offensive coordinator 
with Jarius Jackson. So the question is, can Jarius Jackson do more with McLeod Bethel Thompson? And I think Edmonton is in the position, especially with their attendance, that they have to explore that. They have to. Because if Trey Ford doesn't pan out and they go 4-14 and again, they are screwed. At least, you know, Trey Ford would bring in people at the beginning. But I think McLeod Bethel Thompson is still a good quarterback. And he has weapons. And he has that brown running back. So I think it's a move they had to make. We'll see. I mean, he's a year out of the league. Um, and he was a turnover machine in Toronto. Yes, he had that good run last year, obviously, to the Great Cup. But, I mean, if he stays in that game against the Bombers in that Great Cup, I don't think Toronto wins that game. Um, he was not having the best of games anyways. So he's up and down. Um, you know, now you're going into a new situation and you're le- learning a whole new offense here at his age. Uh, he's easier, rustier in the CFL. So I get it, not being sold on Trey Ford yet obviously he's still got to learn and i think if he became a better passing quarterback yeah then he's then he's obviously he's a greater threat he's got to get there somehow but i don't think it's going to end up being an edmonton no matter what and you'd think that edmonton would somehow be investing the time to make sure this guy's getting the 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 proper training to improve his passing game because like he went to waterloo and no shot against the university of waterloo but it's a fact the quarterback training is not the same as these American trained quarterbacks. Yeah. He's more athletic than Nathan Rourke without yeah. a doubt. Yeah. Like imagine if he went to an American college. He yeah. It'll be, it'll be fun to see, you know, Chris Jones always thinks he's the smartest guy in the room. So. Well, he is though. Clown. <laughs> Benny, do you have anything to say to our friends? Sorry, Chris Jones. I didn't mean to call you a clown. <laughs> it just came out like that. Uh, you know what? Thanks a lot for listening. Uh, don't forget, subscribe, follow, check us out on the uh, social medias and uh, have a good week. Yeah, shout out to Shotgun Sports. And in the famous words of LeBar Burton, we'll see you next time. Hey, friends and neighbors, don't forget to check us out online on Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter at Ray Denny Sports. And don't forget to check out our YouTube channel. Leave a like, leave a comment. Tell us what you think.